welcome to The Last Track, where we help people showcase the last track of their life story in their final wishes. I am your host, Brian Norris, the co-owner of Bateman Funeral Home in Newport, Oregon. Just like a song can bring you back to a day, a time, and a memory, so too can a well-planned service. The quote of the day is a is a beautiful song that was uh, sung by and I think maybe even written by Kenny Chesney, and the title of the song is "Who You'd Be Today." It ain't fair you died too young, like a story that had just begun, but death tore the pages all away. God knows how I miss you, all the hell that I've been through. Just knowing no one can take your place. Sometimes I wonder who you'd be today. Today we're going to be talking about a very difficult subject. We'll be talking about planning a funeral for somebody who's died by suicide. Those are so difficult. And I want you first to know this is a hard topic. If you've experienced this in your life, and this is getting really hard for you to listen to, take a brief break. You can listen to this in bites. You don't have to listen to it the whole thing all the way through from start to finish. It's difficult. It's understandable. And it's normal to feel the feelings that you're feeling if you're listening to this because you need to plan a service for somebody who's died by suicide. Before I also begin, I also want to take a second, and if you're listening to this podcast because maybe you're contemplating suicide yourself, first, know that you're loved, that you matter, and I know you hear this all the time because if you're contemplating and you're seeing, you're going to see these all over the place. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And you think, well, I don't need to call that because nobody cares. Pick up the phone and call it. 1-800-273-8255. one 1-800-273-8255. Five, five, and talk to the person that answers the phone at the other end because they're not manning that they're not staffing that number because they don't care because they do and they're there for you so let's talk about this difficult subject and I've dealt with this probably more times than I really care to deal with as I've worked with family members of loved ones who have committed suicide. And when somebody dies by suicide, there are so many emotions that come uh, with the news. Sometimes it'll be shock. Sometimes it's anger. Why did they commit suicide? Why, why, what did I do? That's when the guilt, the confusion comes in. What did I do? Why did I, what, 
why didn't I know? Why didn't I see it coming? And that's overwhelming. You know, one of the other things that is really confusing sometimes because you've been dealing with maybe some behavior, you've been, you've been wor working with this loved one uh, for maybe even sometimes years. Sometimes there's a feeling that comes that's really confusing and that's relief. And when you feel that relief, then the next feeling that you feel is guilt. And you're feeling guilty because you feel that release. And you feel that relief and you think, I don't have to wonder anymore if that person's going to commit suicide. And, I, and you're so relieved, then you feel guilty and then you go on a roller coaster again. These are all so normal and so uh, they're okay to feel. And you're going to feel them for a long time. But as you go through the steps, as you go through the grieving process, I highly, highly recommend that you have a counselor or somebody that you trust and just talk. And you'll eventually work through those. I will never, ever say they'll go away because they might come back and you might feel them off and on. I can tell you, and I can promise you, you learn to have a new norm and you'll learn how to put them, those feelings somewhere, but you will revisit them from time to time. And I'm not a counselor, but I would recommend that you do. You could even call that suicide hotline and I know that they'll refer you to somebody that you can talk to if you're not the one that committed suicide, but you're dealing with someone who has committed suicide. But let's talk about the difficult part now that comes with needing to plan and take care of somebody that's passed away through suicide. What can you expect from the arrangements? Well, the first thing is you're going to be talking to a funeral home and they're going to be asking you for some information. And as you're kind of working through that fog, they're going to be asking for death certificate information because that's about, that's pretty much the first step you know, after the person has been taken into the funeral home's care. But they're going to be asking for death certificate information. And that's going to be things like where the person, where he was born, what city and state, who the parents were. You know, was he or she in the military? If they were, were they in combat? You know, there's going to be other information like what the highest level of education was and, you know, mother's maiden name and father's name, those types of things. That's just some basic information you'll be coming in and providing the family. And then you'll be also determining how many death certificates you need. And your funeral home will have a checklist of some sort. You're also welcome to look at some of our other podcasts that deal with some of these steps and you can get some more in-depth information if you wish. But your funeral home should have a checklist that you can go through to figure out how many death certificates you'll need. If your loved one served in the military, you'll bring in their discharge paperwork. That will allow that person to be, if, if they have an honorable discharge or if they have a discharge that allows them to be able to be buried in a national cemetery, that may be an option that you want to use. It doesn't mean that they're going to pay for everything, but it does mean 
that I always tell people from the gates in is all covered because of the honorable service that your loved one performed while they were in the military. But they can certainly do that. And if you don't want to have them go to a national cemetery, it does allow you to have a military honors to be present at a memorial service, a funeral service, or just a family gathering. And they can present that because your loved one, that's a part of their life and it's a way to honor them. And it's a way for you to be able to start the, the, the grieving process and the closing process of the fact that they are no longer here. Another thing that helps as you're going through some of that grieving process is to start talking to your family or friends about maybe final wishes. Where, what, what would they want? You know, maybe they were a fisherman. And so they'd want to be scattered at sea. Maybe they loved to go fishing in the streams or the rivers. Well, then look at that as something. Maybe they were a hiker or a rock climber. You can go to those locations where they love to camp, possibly, and do a scattering. But those are all things for you to think about uh, as you're deciding whether you're going to do a cremation or a burial, a memorial service, a funeral service, those types of things. Those are all options available that you can go through. Now, when a person dies by suicide and their family is trying to decide if they can even have a service, sometimes people get so worried about you know, what are other people going to think. It, it, it's a grieving process. It's a healing process. And having a memorial service or having a funeral service is part of that grieving process and it helps to begin that healing. So you can still choose between burial or cremation. Depending on the, the, the manner in which the person passed away, you can have an open cl- a casket if you wanted to or a visitation. Sometimes it may end, end up being a closed casket and that's okay because that's still part of the grieving process and the healing process. There's, there's, there's something healing when people get together, remember a life, share memories, share stories, bring flowers, and provide support. And that is all part of having a memorial service or having a funeral service. Those are all things that can be done. Well, sometimes you're like, well, can I have an obituary? You don't need to put in an obituary how a person died. How often do you see an obituary that says John or Bob was killed in a car accident? It's not necessary. So it's not necessary if you don't want to put it in there, to put it in there. It's, it's not something that you need to be ashamed of, but at the same time, not a whole lot of people go running around talking about why it is that Bob died. So keep that in mind while you're planning a service. Another question that I get is the family might come to me and they say, I already contacted a pastor or a priest or a minister and and they are refusing to officiate the service. Well, you have other options and those options are selecting either a family member, uh, a good friend, 
Another great way is to get a hold of what's called a celebrant. And a celebrant is a person who will come in, work with your family, and do a celebration of life by doing a life story about the person. And they can help you through the grieving process. Most celebrants have officiated at death by suicide. And they have some experience and they have some tools that they can help. They can help you go through your grieving process. And that's a, a great option to use. You need to give yourself permission to grieve. And you need to give yourself time. It's going to take time for you to adjust to having that person no longer in your life. You know, asking for help. But if you're getting overwhelmed by the process, it's, it's natural. Ask for help. You can go slow. If you, if you opt for a cremation so that you can have a memorial service later, that is a very good alternative and a very good option so that it, you can go slow. You know, if, when you have a, a body to bury, uh, there's some time constrictions there. You, you, need to, you need to make some quicker decisions. If you do a cremation, and I'm not trying to tell you one way or the other, but if you find that you need to go slow, consider doing a cremation so that it can, you can go slow, gives you time for you to talk to family members and friends, gives you time to collect pictures. Again, this is an unexpected death as well. It's a surprise. And so you're going to have to go through and, and, and you're going to be looking for pictures. You're going to be looking for things to be able to celebrate their life. And so you're going to be gathering and going and trying to find these things. And so taking some time to help yourself grieve and heal is just fine. Every funeral, every memorial is personal and is planned specifically for the person that has passed away. It may be the person loved to be an outdoors, then consider an outdoor venue. Maybe they, maybe they love the beach. Consider having a memorial service on the beach and that will allow you to feel that person uh, to, uh, during that service. And remember that there's really no expectations that you don't have to have a perfect funeral according to somebody else's set of beliefs. It's you doing it. It's your personal grief. It's your personal process that you're going through. Allow people to come in and help you, but also allow yourself time to heal. And if somebody's starting to overwhelm you with their ideas, you know, be strong enough to say, whoa, slow it down. I, I, I need to take this at my own pace. And you know what? That is okay. As you're, as you're, if maybe you're going to be attending a service, it's not your personal family member, but you're supporting a friend that has lost a family member by suicide. Well, respect that family's wishes. If they want to have a private service, respect it. Don't try to force yourself in there. Uh, it's the family. It's their personal grieving process. And respect it. 
If they say no visitation, just understand there's not going to be a visitation. No flowers, don't send them flowers. You know, just try to support them with their process because they're not going to be thinking normal. They're not going to be the normal person that you're used to dealing with. They're going to be very affected and they're not going to be thinking the same way they were last week before their loved one took their life by suicide. How can you help? Well, be there. You know, one of my favorite sayings is God gave us two ears and one mouth. So you should listen twice as much as you speak. And so be a listening ear. Stay there and listen and don't try to solve the problem for them because it's not something that's going to be solved. It's going to be taking time and it's going to take a process uh, to go through the grief. One of the things, and it makes me so angry, is to say, well, that person was a coward. You know what? You don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what that person was going through. And to be very blunt, it takes pretty strong determination to actually take your own life. It really does. And I'm not saying go try it. I'm saying it takes a lot of determination. And it had to have been pretty bad for that person to actually go through with that with that, that process. This has been a really difficult podcast. I hope that this has helped. I hope that you've been able to get some insight. I hope that you have learned something. Again, I want to repeat a phone number, and that's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, and that is 1-800-273-8255. And that, if you're contemplating suicide, call the number. If you've experienced someone who has and you just need to talk to somebody, you can still call it and they will have resources to help you. 1-800-273-8255. There's also, you can text the crisis text line, and that's 741-741. And that's one that not very many people know about, but you don't have to be on talking to somebody, you can text. You know what? Maybe you're not ready to talk to somebody yet. But texting can be a great start. 741-741. In all of our podcasts, we take just a moment and we honor those people that have passed on. Um, at this time, we're going to take a moment. And if we know one, if we know anyone in our life that has died by suicide, we're going to take a moment and we're going to honor them, their life, their impact, and we're going to honor them as we take a moment.
This has been the last track. I'm Brian Norris, and you can find out more about Bateman Funeral Home at our website at BatemanPacificView.com. You can visit us on Facebook. You can even find us on YouTube. If you have any feedback or questions about today's episode, please leave us a comment, or you're welcome to call us at 541-265-2751. We'd love to hear from you. Please take a moment to listen to our other two podcasts in this trilogy, Planning After an Unexpected Death and Why Would You Need an Autopsy? And then coming up, we're going to have another trilogy that's going to be called How to Talk About Death. Thank you for listening and have a great day.